What is up, everybody? We are rolling audio here today on episode nine of The Hotter Show. I want to thank you so much for listening and hitting that play button, and I hope you are having an absolutely awesome weekend. I know I am. And the, uh, the main reason for it is because today, February 28th, 2016, I am celebrating my four-year anniversary with my wonderful girlfriend, Samantha. So because of that, I am in an absolutely awesome mood. As, why wouldn't I be? <laughs> Another reason why I'm in such an awesome mood is because all this week, we have been celebrating the 30th anniversary, a lot of anniversaries this week, <laughs> we have been celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda series. A series which, as you guys know, is very near and dear to my heart. So, last episode, episode 8, I talked about the Ocarina of Time and my love for it, why it's my favorite game, blah, 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 blah. So today, kind of continuing on as this is still the same week of uh, the celebration, so to speak, um, I figured I would talk about. I figured I would talk about my close second favorite Zelda game, one that I feel like I kind of need to talk about. I did kind of mention in the other episode that they were two that were kind of tied for my favorite Zelda game, um, and that game I am referring to is the other Zelda game for the N64, Majora's Mask. As I'm sure a lot of people probably could have guessed that's what it was by the way I was talking. Now, friggin' hell, where to start with Majora's Mask? Right off the bat, the title of this podcast is And Majora's Mask Taught Me How to Feel. (laughs) And what I'm referring to by that is the fact that as a kid, playing through Ocarina of Time... As I talked about in length in the last podcast, I the feeling of being a hero and helping people and all that kind of crap was very strong. For me, for Majora's Mask, yeah, that feeling was still kind of there a little bit, especially at the end. But the feeling I had throughout that entire game, from start to finish, was so bizarre and messed up in a way. There's so many emotions that you go through in that game when you first start off especially in the beginning you know you're in the woods and you're chasing the uh the skull kid who stole from you and you fall down that pit and he turns you into a deku shrub and then it's it's this feeling of not hopelessness but like you're desperate you're running around clock town and you are this little deku shrub and you feel like oh my no i want to be link again and then you finally are able to and you get the song of healing in that and even then the first time you look up and you see that friggin' creepy-ass moon, okay? The feeling that immediately shot through my body was fear and desperation. I went, okay, wait, that's going to fall on me in three days. I have three days to figure this game out. I have three days to do everything I need to do in order to stop that moon from falling. Holy shit. That feeling never really left me throughout the entire time I played that game. You know, as I progressed through the game, I met some very awesome and unique characters. That's one thing about Majora's Mask I think I do prefer over Ocarina of Time. And that's the fact that there's so many awesome, very unique characters as far as minor characters even, you know. Even a character as silly as like, say, Tingle, obviously. That friggin' creepy 
little fairy dude <laughs> with his balloon and his maps. Um, something as silly as Tingle, who probably wasn't put in there to really get over as a character, but now he has his own games and stuff. Like, it's crazy to think. And characters like the postman, the, the sword school master, the dancers, uh, all those kind of people. As you progress through the game, some of them you get quests to help them in that. And on that final day, they either disappear or the sword masters, you know, this rough and tough guy, and he's hiding in his dojo. And the postman won't leave because he has a duty and stuff. And it's just crazy how there's so many unique characters that all have their own story. And it's so immersive in a way doing the uh, like the bombers quest line and that you get to help so many different people and it's crazy to think like sitting here me trying to remember all these different characters that i wanted i wanted to talk about i'm like man like there's so many of them i you know i can sit here and probably do a whole podcast on the bunch of different unique characters you meet and stuff and but the fact that all of them have their backstory and that all of them have something to do with just your mission there you want to help everybody. You see someone who is in pain or someone who's in a emotional sense, something like, say, like uh, like Keith, uh, the little dude you meet who was turned into a kid just before, three days before his wedding by the Skull Kid. And that quest line to help him and everything, it's so deep and touching. And, you know, you, you have this awesome quest line to help him get his uh his wedding mask back from the thief and you help him and everything and then like he gets reunited with his wife even though he's still a kid he doesn't care they want to be together and they're sitting in a room ready to meet dawn together and it was then when i realized after i finished that quest i looked around and realized man i can't help everybody like no matter what you do if i'm not mistaken you can't help everybody like yeah you can save their life and everything and stop the mood from falling but you literally can't help everybody. When I finished the game, when I beat the game, I didn't have enough time in those three days to do the whole Keith quest line because it takes a lot of time. So, yeah, I saved the world and everything and stopped the moon from falling, but Keith never got his mask back. He was never reunited with his wife. And it was that feeling of just despair that hit me. And as a kid having never really felt anything like that, I just went, man, like, I can't help all these people. And I, like, this game is so, even in some of its happier, nicer moments, it's just depressing sometimes. Two out of the three transformation masks you get, you get from people who are either dead or are dying when you meet them, you know? And you play the song of healing to help them, and then you get their, you know, their entity in a mask. And it's like, man, that's messed up. <laughs> but... It's still such an awesome, awesome game. And it's that feeling and those feelings that I feel really make it truly such an awesome game and why I love it so, so much. Obviously, other reasons like, you know, the masks themselves are such an awesome, unique concept of that game. Every single mask you get actually does something and actually has serves a purpose. I mean... There are a couple of them that don't really mean anything, but like a mask, like say the, uh, like the bunny mask makes you run faster and pig mask will make you smell stuff that you didn't know was there and the dancer's mask. And like, not all of them are, uh, 
as important as others, but they all serve their purpose, which is so awesome. And you need all of them to then get the fierce Danny mask, which is like such an awesome mask as well. But, um, obviously that concept is unique to that game. And it's something that I wish maybe could be brought over into future Zelda games, maybe a little bit, not quite as much, obviously, but it was the journey of getting all those masks that I loved so much. And as I'm playing through the game, obviously having that three day limit was it's stressful when you're a kid, you know, and I'm trying to find all the masks. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. And you know, then it's like, before you know it, Oh no, it's the third day. And I have two hours left and then you have to play this longer time and go back, you know, and then start over again. And luckily most of um, like all your main items will come back with you. But it's even sometimes like say, if you have a bunch of rubies saved up and you're in a pinch and you say, Hey, you have to go back to the first day and you never chance to put all your rubies in the bank. And it's like, you're like, Oh no, like I lost all my money. And it's crazy how sometimes I would like forget about the time limit. And then I would have this like almost mini panic attack when I realized, Oh my God, like it's dawn of the final day and I have to still do all this stuff. It's just, it's crazy. And it was like just stressful, <laughs> but it makes it such an awesome game. I know that there were times where I was like, man, why do they have this three-day limit? Like, it's so crazy. But without it, what would it be? <laughs> you know, it would still be a great game, but it's that knowing like, okay, I got to do this and got to do this and got to do this in these three days. And there are certain quests and things you can only do on like day one and day two and day three. And it makes it such a unique and awesome experience. And the, just the overall feels Okay, I just, I cannot stress enough the feelings that would go through me. Like, say, when I would, like the first time I walked into the swamp and I saw all the poison water and stuff and I realized, like, okay, this place isn't supposed to be like this. Something is causing this. And the first time that I actually saw, <clears throat> you know, like the first time I saw the Skull Kid with Majora's Mask and I learned all about the history of Majora's Mask and everything. And it's such a deep and dark story. Just the overall tone of the game. It's so dark and adult and deep. And one thing that lends itself so, so much to that is the music. <clears throat> now, the music in Majora's Mask is without a doubt, in my opinion, some of the best music in the history of video games if not dare i say that some of the best the best music in video game history for a game i don't know like it's so tight i love the music from ocarina of time but the music for majora's mask it was like say the first time that uh one one of the tracks that like like the first time you hear the theme that's for majora like the main theme for it that kind of weird it has that chain of dee 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 and it's like that kind of ding 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 you know what I'm like I'm sitting here trying to freaking make the noise but you know you know if people you know you know what that track I'm talking about it's this creepy like and it's got this bit of build up but then it goes back down and it's this music track is so just dark and creepy and I remember the first time I ever played Majora's Mask that night I literally had nightmares and that song was like in it. And it's like, it's so messed up, you know, so messed up. But then on the flip side, some of the music, I still to this day, like, I just, I love hearing it. Um, 
the song of healing is probably the most one. Like I actually sat down and learned how to play that song on guitar just because it's such a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. And, you know, there's lots of other music as well. That's such, um, it has such a profound effect on the game. I remember the first time I walked into great Bay, just that the music, I don't know what it was about it. Just, it was so, um, it was like not creepy necessarily, but like you almost felt like, okay, like something's going on in this place as well. Obviously you got that feel from the music for everything, but in certain areas, it was like they put so, so much thought into the music. The first time you walk in an Incana Canyon, I, I'm probably not even remotely pronouncing that right. The music for there is like, it's creepy. It's just without that amazing, amazing music. I feel like the game definitely would not have been as good. And I think that's one reason why I love this game so, so much is the connection I have with the music being, you know, a musician. Obviously, when I hear amazing music in something, it's going to make a connection more. And the emotion behind so much of that music, like I heard that Majora's Mask track, like kind of the theme song for the mask there. I heard it the other day, just thinking about doing this podcast, I looked it up. And the second I heard that kind of that like chanter flute, immediately like all the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I just went oh, like that takes me back you know what I mean and um another uh piece of music that really just was such a give me such a cool feeling was the oath to order which is the song you use to summon all four of the giants at the end anyway you summon all four of the giants at the time when you're at that final you're getting ready for the final battle with Majora. you're literally about to stop the mood from falling and that scene where you play the music and all four of the giants come and gave me just such this awesome, awesome feeling of, it just gave me goosebumps. And I don't get that from video games very often. It was such a cool thing that stuck with me. And then at the same time, you know, the final level of Majora's Mask, the moon, there's not really any music. And it's silent for a lot of it and it almost adds to the atmosphere as well so it's having music in the right places and then not having music or having the music fade in certain areas and it's just it was such a big part of that game but talking about the final level I remember I was so excited to get to that final level because I was like oh my god I, I finally did it the temples and the dungeons were so awesome in Majora's Mask but I was ready to be done that game. Um, as much as I love that game, I enjoyed it. It was almost like I was just like, okay, like I just want to beat this game and be done so I can see how it ends. Because as of right now, I just had this almost desperate feeling. So I'm like, am I actually going to be able to save the world? <laughs> you know? Um, and it, that game did that so, so well, as I said before. Um, you know, you get to that final level and it's this beautiful green field and it's the tree and all those kids are playing and it's it's so creepy you know and you give all your masks to them and then they give they get the fierce Danny mask and you go through all the trials and everything and then you're able to actually fight majora that friggin boss fight with majora i said in the last video that i think the ganon fight of macarena of time is like one of the best boss fights in history i said it was my favorite and it is but the fight with Majora in Majora's Mask is a masterpiece as far as a stage boss fight. You start off on stage one and he's kind of like a 
you know, it's just the mask and it's really cool. But then you move on and he's the running thing and you have to use the, uh, the Goron mask and roll around. It uses the right amount of skills you've obtained. And then friggin' it transforms into the last stage. And it's this massive monster. And I remember the first time I saw it, I just went, oh my god, I have to fight that? And, you know, the boss fight is pretty easy. Especially if you have Fierce Daddy Mask. <laughs> it, like, literally is the easiest boss fight. I would almost recommend playing the boss fight through without the Fierce Daddy Mask first. Just to experience it. Because I remember during that boss fight, even, like, I'm like, okay, like, I beat the first the first stage of it and then he came into something else and I'm like oh my god like what next and then I beat that one and I'm like okay like that's gotta be it and then he transformed again and I'm like how many stages does this boss have I'm running out of health I don't have any potions left or anything and when I beat that final stage of the boss fight Majora's Wrath uh, the feeling I had when I realized that was it I just beat the game I just saved the world it was this massive feeling of relief that I can't even explain. <laughs> like being a kid, going through all that and dealing with that and being legit scared of the game at times and creeped out. And it was, it definitely had this overwhelming feeling of, oh, like I did it. I saved them. I was finally able to do it. But then at the same time, thinking about everything I had just been through to get there and going, holy shit, like that was an experience. That was an experience that uh, just. I almost wish I could relive it again for the first time just because I would love to go through that again. Like, yeah, you know, I can play through it anytime I want, but replaying through it when you've already played through the game, it's still great. I replayed through it uh, not like, just a few years ago and I loved it and enjoyed it and I appreciated a lot of things more. And obviously being an adult playing through that game, you you catch certain things and you realize things that are kind of messed up, <laughs> you know, that whole feeling of despair and desperation it doesn't really like the whole game is like that and it's so 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 dark that just it's just messed up sometimes even in the ending credits and that like i i felt like okay like is this really it is this really the end and uh it ends off on a happy note and everything but it's like there was almost a part of me that wanted another zelda game in the series to continue on from where Majora's Mask left off. And maybe one day we'll have that. I really hope we do. Because I would love another dark Zelda game like Majora's Mask. Because I loved that game so much as I've talked about. And um, something else I wanted to mention here on the podcast. Just regarding the whole Majora's Mask thing. If you guys have not ever read the uh, kind of the fan fiction creepypasta, I guess, uh, Ben Drowned. If you've never read that, go read it because it is messed up. And it really makes you realize just how messed up this game is that someone could create a story like that around this game and it makes it believable. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's crazy. If for some reason you guys have never played Majora's Mask, go out I think you you can you know you can download it for Wii U. Um, you can find them still pretty regularly for N sixty four. Even if you play a ROM of it or a torrent of it or something. I mean, obviously, go out and buy the game. That would be best. But play the game and sit down and take everything in that you can about that game. Just open your mind and your heart and experience the feels of Majora's Mask. And I guarantee you, not only will you be surprised, but you will be blown away 
at the kind of emotional roller coaster that is Majora's Mask, and you will thoroughly enjoy it. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys agree with me that uh, Majora's Mask is really such a great Zelda game. In my opinion, it goes Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, second, really close, as far as the first and second best Zelda games ever, and then it goes down the list from there. But definitely... Go ahead and leave a comment on this about things you love about Majora's Mask. Maybe talk about some of your favorite moments. Feel free to message me on Facebook. Tweet me. Send me a message on Instagram. Shoot me an email. Anything at all. You know I love talking to you guys. I love hearing your guys' opinions on things. That's one of the reasons why I do this. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign off here and go wake my girlfriend up because I do not believe she is awake yet as I record this. So... I'm going to go spend some time with her. So thank you guys so much again for tuning in and hitting that play button. And I will catch you guys next time on The Hardy Show. 